0: the book of Matthew. We're going to look at several passages today. Matthew 6, Matthew 18, and Ephesians 4. Today I want to share with you along the subject that forgiveness is a serious action. Forgiveness is a serious matter. And if you and I are in a situation to where we've been hurt. And quickly when we go speaking of a forgiveness, immediately we can think of a person. And today I hope that Jesus, through the Spirit, through His Spirit, will put it in your face that if you have an issue with forgiveness today, that you'll let that go. You see, in Matthew 6, Jesus He talks about in verses 9 through 13 what is considered the classic, the Lord's Prayer. But then in verse 14, notice what he says, Matthew 6. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse, listen to that, if you refuse to forgive others. Now, what's he talking about? Forgive who? Forgive those who've hurt you. Forgive those that have offended you. That have cut you deep. That have stuck the dagger in your back. I've got so many holes in my back, it's a wonder when I drink water, I don't leak. <laughs> Could you imagine carrying that weight and the pain of that? The Of, of the criticism and... And of all that going on, but if you refuse to forgive others, here's the serious side of this, your Father will not. Did you hear that? Your Father, the Heavenly Father, will not forgive your sins. Now, to me, that makes forgiveness, really unforgiveness, a serious matter. You say, well, I just don't like that person. It don't matter what you don't like. Well, I just don't like that person. Well, it don't matter what you just don't like. Well, that person's done me wrong. I've had a ton of folk do me wrong. But I tell you this, from experience, I can't come to this pulpit and lay my heart out and preach from the Spirit of God in me if I can't forgive people or if that I've got something against somebody. I can't do that. I tried it one time, and it was a total failure. You have to get it right. You don't have a choice. Well, you have a choice, but not the Spirit of God leading you in the right decision. Notice in Matthew, well, let's, let's, let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians 4, verse 31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, rage. Anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. How? Just as God, through Christ, forgave you. You see... Forgiveness is a serious matter. look at Matthew 18. Got you turning, but these are the words and a story taught by Jesus, but Peter came to Jesus, and he asked him what many of you don't ever ask, but you do practice. Peter said, Jesus, how long do I have to? To ask someone or to forgive someone who sins against me hey that's a good question how long do I have to forgive them before I wallop them (laughs) you see that's problem with too many of us of the deep south we wallop and think later Peter said Peter had an anger issue (laughs) he had an anger problem I don't guess anybody else in here has a temper problem. Uh, let me ask you children. Maybe they'll tell me. You know, my dad, he couldn't, he couldn't whip us till he was mad. And then, son, rage was coming. Now, if my mama was sitting here like she was for 20 years, she would be whispering to the ladies around me, now, what's he telling that for? He knows that it wasn't that bad. Well, she wasn't on the other end of that belt. I was. So, I have a different story to tell than my mama. Of course, she's with Jesus. We won't worry about her anymore. She's fine. Then Jesus said, no, Peter said, kid's kind of sneaky, seven times. <laughs> and, then, and then Jesus told the story. Well, there was a man who went to see a doctor one morning, and in the doctor's office, uh, the doctor gave him a very careful examination, and the doctor left the room, went into to examine and to face everything that he had tested. And when he came out, he had a very somber expression on his face. He looked at the man, and he said, Sir, I have some very bad news for you. You have rabies, and you're going to die very soon. All of a sudden, he took out a piece of paper, and he began to write. I mean, he wrote, and he wrote, and he wrote. And the doctor said, man, what are you doing, writing out your last will and testament? He said, nope, I'm writing down the names of the people that I'm going to (laughs) bite. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's a bunch of you in here that if the truth were known, and you don't have to come to my office, tell it, (laughs) tell it to Jesus. There are a lot of people you might write down on that list because you're mad at them, angry with them. You've been hurt by them, and you carry the battle scars. And they are a constant reminder of the pain that you carry around because you haven't released it through forgiveness. You see, Peter came to Jesus on an occasion that I believe Peter got hurt. I believe Peter was truly wounded, and he said, Jesus, just tell me, how many times do I got where I can just let this boy have it? Seven times? <laughs> you see, Peter was no different than you and I. Now, if you've ever been truly hurt, anybody want to testify? By telling me I have been truly hurt being hurt by human beings. Raise your hand. Few of you in here. So let me tell you, when I'm dealing with this message, it's not easy just because of the word itself called forgiveness. Forgiveness tells us just how difficult it is because the word literally means to let it go, to send it away. Now, how many of you here can say with every person that's ever hurt you or that you've ever been mad or or sideways with that you have let it go? Because if you have, that's great. But how do you know you've forgiven them? Is it because you've forgotten the offense? I got news for you. My brain won't let me do that. Now, they tell me when I get Alzheimer that I'll be able to forget stuff like that. So, I can't forget it. It's when it doesn't row me up anymore. It's when I have released it far enough away from me that I can talk about it. But you know what? There have been issues in my life, and my wife and I will be the first to tell you that there's just some, there were, I don't know of an issue now that my wife and I couldn't talk about, but in the past, there have been issues that when we sit down, we get mad. Why? Because we hadn't let it go. They were just so fresh, deep wounded. You see, forgiveness is when you and I release to the Lord any bitterness that you might feel that you feel like you have the right to have towards someone that's done you wrong. Forgiveness is giving up my right or giving up my right to hurt you because you have hurt me. That's what forgiveness is. I read after one of my favorite authors, and every time I say that and I think of his name, I forget it. I believe I have a touch of Alzheimer's and don't know it, or I've been hanging out with too many people who can't remember. But you know, Gary Smalley, thank you, Mike. Gary Smalley shared in his book, He was talking about how people hurt one another and how they go about healing that hurt. And and you see, sometimes we we would rather hold on to the hurt. It's like a trophy that we've won. But for you and I to hold on to it doesn't hurt anybody else but you. You're the one that's hurt. Those people normally, if it's that bad, they don't care. They don't care. So, you're the one. See, forgiveness is not retaliation. Forgiveness is not vengeance or revenge. It's not getting even or punishing somebody else that's hurt you. When Peter asked that that question, Lord, how many times do I have to forgive him before I just beat the daylights out of him. Jesus did not give the response that Peter was after. You see, there was a reason why Peter said seven. In the Jewish tradition, if you hurt somebody, you got three strikes. So what Peter did was add or double the three, which was expected, and add one. What he was bringing to Jesus was a blue light special. Jesus, I want you to accept this. I want you to take my side and, and only give me seven, because after seven, I'm tearing him up. Jesus looked at him and said, nope. I'm not going to do that. Because <laughs> Jesus went on to say, You have to understand something, Peter. This ain't about you. This is about the Father. And you don't, you don't, (laughs) I'm going to give you what I I believe is a good response. You have to forgive 70 times 7. But understand, when you hit 490, you still can't beat the daylight side of it. Now, why? See, Jesus wasn't given a mathematical uh, equation. What he was sharing was, you and I are supposed to forgive, first of all, freely in our life. Freely. That means we can't hang on to an an account from the past. Now, look. (laughs) I know what it is to be hurt to the point you want to beat the daylights out of them. My daddy did not raise a person for people to run over when 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 I'm sitting here in my flesh. I was born from Tennessee. I was born in Knoxville, Tennessee, right on the river. And I went to the mountains enough that one of my legs is shorter than the other. So, when I walk, I'm half aggravated anyway. So, in my flesh, it's easy. Look, my dad has a, had such a temper, I had to get a little bit of it. And that little bit of it has been difficult for my wife and sometimes coming up my kids to deal with. Because if I'm not careful, if Mike's in charge, and why God called me to preach with a temper like I can have, it's got to be a joke in God's eyes. He has to have a sense of humor. Because, see, preachers aren't supposed to lose their cool, and they're not supposed to cuss. Right? Well, you didn't know me in my past. And, and on top of that, he brought me up in framing houses and, and roofing and construction where it was expected for you to cuss and to get mad. So, it, it's, been, it's, been an up, it's been a chore with me. <laughs> Somebody was telling me one time, said, I've never heard you cuss, but you sure look like you got mad enough to, to, to do that. Well, I get passionate about what I preach and, man, it's just, it's boiling in me, and it's, run, it's hard for me to stay quiet. It's hard for me not to get excited. It's hard for me not just to run all over the place. I can't help it. That's why I have to take a nap when I, after this sermon. I'm so wore out from walking back and forth and from letting all this stuff that's been in me for a whole week boil, and it just comes out, and I'm just tired. Just wore out. But some of you were wore out for a different reason. You're wore out because you won't let it go. And you see, it's not the Holy Spirit wearing you out. It's the enemy. It's the same. Peter could not accept a forgiveness that was freely he wanted to forgive up to a certain point, which is not forgiveness, according to Jesus. If it were a thousand times and then you walloped him, you never forgave him the first time. You see, and forgiveness is important. You want to know why? Because you have, you're a recipient of true, free forgiveness. Now, let me tell you something. The forgiveness Jesus gave you is not cheap and it cost him a lot it's not cheap and that's why he expects you and i to walk around in a constant everyday moment of forgiveness now that ain't easy if you were born in tennessee it's not easy you georgians might be able to get by with that but i was raised up with a bunch of hellions and they're still getting mad. I have to be very careful. And, and sometimes I don't like to bring these illustrations up because if my brother hears this on the, on the web, he's probably going to get mad at me. But I have to be very careful how I make an appeal to my brother because I can kick him off just like that. Why? Because he got my daddy's temper. If you don't think the sins of the forefathers are not passed on to the third and fourth generation in anger, see that in anger, but it just comes out. And I'm not mad. But my dad talked to me like that. Son, I want to tell you something. He created a preacher in me just to respond to him. And I'm not mad. (laughs) In our story, one of the servants to the king, it is thought, embezzled 10,000 talents. Well, that's an equal of about $10 million. Now, he wasn't going to ever pay that debt. Now, ladies and gentlemen, some of you will not let forgiveness take place in you. So, it's a debt that someone owes you, you think. And, And for to carry that, is going to shorten your life. It will shorten your life in so many different ways. Today's, in light of a, if I owed $10 million, I'd be in trouble. I'd be in trouble if I owed under a half a million. Ladies and gentlemen, to me, It was an unpayable debt. Now, listen to me. Don't miss this teaching. You see, this is equaled to your sin and mine. You and I owe an unpayable debt. We were born with it. We have it. It was was put on us without choice but it's still unpayable. It's called sin. Now, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how hard you work. It doesn't matter how pretty you are. It doesn't matter to me how handsome you are. It doesn't matter to me how good you are or what what you're able to eliminate by the way of sin. You have a sin debt on you, and there's only one person that can pay it, And his name is Jesus. To understand that, you have to understand this parable that it cost heaven a great deal for that sin debt to be paid. Jesus said, If you forgive those in Matthew 6 who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your your father will not forgive your sin. Now listen, the word trespass in the King James version, isn't that what it uses? Means fault. Somebody has faulted you. They've done you wrong. Jesus gives all kinds of illustrations, and and one of them is a form of lies. Have you ever been lied on? Have you ever had somebody to tell a serious lie? I've had I've had different calls through the years, and I'm going to tell you what. I said, man, that's a lie. But let me tell you what I've noticed about a lie. You will never defend a lie. I don't care how good you are. I don't don't care how good a negotiator you are. It doesn't matter to me. You'll never defend a lie. You can't do it. Once it's out there, you got to deal with it. Mark Twain said this, a lie can travel halfway around the world while truth is still putting on its shoes. People look for lies. And they hear them. I know some people who've been hurt deeply by the lies of other people, and some of you have been hurt by other lies of other people. Trespasses can come in the form of Criticism. You know, people say all the time, and they'll misjudge you or misinterpret your motives. And, and I've heard this little, this little rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the biggest lie I've ever heard. It's a big lie. Because you see, words do hurt, especially if they're criticizing words, condemning words. Jesus brought up a lot of, of spiteful treatment. You know, have you ever met adults, or at least they say they are, that snub their nose up you up at you when you either haven't done what they wanted you to do or they won't shake your hand? I can, I can only remember one time that, and, and I wanted to cut it short at seven. I wanted to wallop them. I was all decked out. Now, I deck out when I go to the funeral home. What's that mean? I put on a coat and tie. That's all that means. And I went up to shake this person's hand. I knew it was so mad at me, they could, when they spit, they spit anger at me. And I went up anyway with a big old smile on my face. I'd shake. He would, I ain't shaking your hand. Ooh, I wanted to cut it to a Jewish three. (laughs) But I just smiled and just said, well, brother, I'm sorry, I tried to shake your hand. I knew it was angry at me. But I also know I was trying to get it right, but never did at that time get it right. And, and maybe some of you have those issues going on. And, and if you do, you have a regular, you have a question. What do you do with someone who's so mad at you that you've either offended them or they've been offended by you? What do you do? The Bible says you try to. Go to them, right? You you, by yourself and get it right. If that don't work, what do you do? You take somebody with you. If that don't work, back then they took you before the church. I believe (laughs) I don't do that. I take you to a board, not a board to hit you, but a, a, a group of men who will sit and listen. Well, My feelings are if you won't forgive, then you're asking God when you pray not to forgive or hear your prayer. It's a serious matter. Corey Ten Boone likened forgiveness to letting go of a rope of a bell. In 1985, my wife and I were pastoring, before then, Centennial Baptist Church in Morgan County, and we extended, was extended a call to Bethlehem First Baptist between Winder and Monroe to the little old country church of Bethlehem First Baptist. Now, I thought I was a big-time preacher going to a First Baptist, but I found out they're just as country as I was. Some of them more country. Well, they used to have, or they did, they had a bell and had a rope tied to it. Now, I, I never told my kids where that rope's at. <laughs> I knew kids around here like to get into things, have fun, and run. Well, if my kids ever found that rope, that bell would have been rung. <laughs> 1989, I'm, I came to, uh, came to this area and started Solid Rock. But in 1990, I got a call. Lightning struck that bell at First Baptist Church of Bethlehem, and it burnt the church to the ground. I went and stood in the parking lot. You see, I spent four years there, so I knew a lot of the deep-seated bitterness of the past. I knew the man who used to go faithfully every morning back in the old, old time days and grab that rope and begin to pull until finally through the momentum, the bell began to ring. But people resented that and resented him. He came up with the brick to put on that old white frame house to brick that church, but they hated the brick that he put on that church. And he had died, and I sat by his wife, or I stood by his wife, and I heard the the venom. I heard the poison. I heard the bitterness. Well, I know they're satisfied now. Oh, man, it was terrible. All of that bitterness of the past came out in the parking lot that day when lightning hit that bell, and the church burned down. Now. Did she get it out? I don't know. I didn't ask. But let me ask you your question. If Corey Tim Boom is correct and forgiveness is letting go of the rope, you see, after you let go of the rope, guess what's happening to a bell? It's still ringing. But it begins to lose momentum. And as long as you don't touch the rope, it'll eventually get so slow that you won't hear. You see, forgiveness is not feeling. It's a choice. You got to let it go. You got to release them of the dead. And if you haven't, you haven't forgiven. There are three rules to forgiveness that you'll find in the Bible. One, you should forgive others the way you would want others to forgive you. By the way, that's the golden rule. Two, you will be forgiven the way you forgive others. Jesus said, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's God's rule. And three, The way you should forgive others is the way that God has forgiven you. That's the grace rule. How is that? Completely. Jesus said, and I could give long verses, I forgive you as far, your sin as far as what? The east is from the west. Man, you better be glad of the grace rule. You better be glad that Jesus didn't just forgive your cussing or that he didn't just give forgive your drug problem or he didn't just forgive your lying problem or your lust problem. And I could go on and on and list biblical things that he says or sin. you better be glad that he had, when he forgave, he forgave not only freely, but he forgave fully, fully. Forgiveness is a cancellation of the debt. When someone does you wrong, they are in your debt. Forgiveness is your willingness on your own to simply write off the debt. The king wrote off $10 million. Have you ever dreamed? Some of you have about hitting the lottery. The other day, I was in the dentist office, and the TV was on, I was sitting there, and I said, my goodness. And it was on, I, I've never seen this one, but it was on buying homes of those who had hit the lottery. Well, I said, man, that's some pretty big houses, you know? And, well, I, and it caught my ear because one of those houses was from Tennessee, and they were going to buy one in downtown Knoxville. And I thought, well, I'll be interested. I know people think those things because I have to commit. There are times I thought it myself. What happens if I had $100 million or a million dollars or whatever? What would you do with it? Well, one thing I've learned, and I don't care how much money you have or don't have, but especially for you that have a lot, it doesn't give, make it any easier to forgive anybody because you got a lot of money. It just don't. You've got to choose to do that. You see, unforgiveness is like a wet blanket to a burning heart. It puts out the spiritual fire. You will not spiritually grow. You will not spiritually be able to do anything for the Lord Jesus until you let it go. You'll lose your vision. You'll lose your passion. And let me tell you something. A lot of the times when I got to the point and through the past 30 years here and 10 years in other places, when I wasn't forgiving somebody, I was ready to quit. I was ready to give it up. Thirdly, we must forgive finally. There are two things that can come between you and God that's significant. And listen to this. One is an unforgiving sin. Psalm 68, 6, 18 says, If I regard, regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The second is the unforgiving spirit. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you yours. The only remedy for guilt is forgiveness from heaven. The only remedy for bitterness is the forgiveness of heaven. If you have forgiveness of heaven, you have no reason whatsoever if you've let it go to be bitter. The stinger of bitterness is like acid to a pot. It'll eat a hole in your spiritual well-being. God never intended for you and I to carry such a burden. As a matter of fact, I remember the words of Jesus. He said, bring all of your cares and all of your concerns and all of your worries and do what with them? Lay them on me. Why? He's the only one I know can handle stuff like that. You ain't doing very good with it, and neither do I. I close with this illustration. There was a man who was... He had found the Lord, and he'd been saved, and he was sharing with his boss about Jesus. And he'd go up to his boss, and he said, you know what, man? The devil is dogging my steps. He said, well, how? uh, The the devil is always trying to tempt me and and always trying to drag me into something. He finally said one day, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, I don't have temptation." Satan ain't messing with me. His boss and this man were out duck hunting. And he said, sir, sir," he said, I'm going to tell you something. If you shot two ducks down and one duck was dead in the water, but the other duck was flopping, which one would you go to First? He said, I'd go to the one that's flopping. He said, in Satan's eye, you are a dead duck. And Satan is not going to bother or bring his biggest guns or aim his biggest guns at dead ducks. He's going to aim them at people who are making a difference of allowing the Holy Spirit to use them. The reason he ain't bugging you is because you ain't bugging him. A lot of times we get sidetracked in all kind of things in our life, and we're not a threat. As a matter of fact, we're a help to the enemy. When God's people or anyone else looks at you and they see you bitter and they see you angry, they see you mad, they see you unforgiven, it's a slap in the face of Jesus. Because my Bible tells me and the experience that I have learned to work through myself is that Jesus will help us. And he will allow us to let go of the rope and let the hurt go and forgive those that have tried to harm us.